0: Welcome to the Accra Community Church Podcast. So glad you've stopped by. We hope that as you listen to today's sermon, the Holy Spirit through His Word will refill you, recharge you, and equip you for the rest of your journey with Him. Listen to today's sermon. This is my story, Amazing Grace. Let us pray. Good morning Father, good morning Jesus our brother, good morning Holy Spirit our senior partner. We thank you for the amazing grace. We thank you for the story that you have given us and making us a testimony unto the world. Thank you Jesus. Amen. I am not a person who is qualified to speak on prayer. I say this because of my background. I'm somebody who never prayed for almost 25 years of my life. I'm 65 plus. Across the mid-60s now. And for those years, I'll tell you what I was doing to fill the prayer vacuum. You've heard about relationship, you've heard about listening and total dependence for the past three weeks when we're talking about prayer. My title is The Discipline and Power of Prayer. Background, I had people talking about ghetto voice I'm one of those ghetto dwellers. I lived in the ghetto for almost a decade. And I learned many things. I remember I was a Sunday school boy. A very strong one. My dad taught me reading very early because he was a teacher of mass education, a literacy program by the government in the 60s. So I was reading the Bible when I was in class five in the church, doing quiz posting quiz to Nigeria and others and I can remember that I learnt Psalm 91, 23 and 27 by heart and I could just pray it and believe it as a young guy. That was before I went to secondary school. I acted plays, I remember I acted Joseph. And I have always had the spiritual things. I wrote what we used to call correspondence. I was in elementary school to hair out of hope and they brought me a hunky. And on the hunky is Jesus heals. Small hunky. And I, I, I used to have a headache. I put it on it and pray and then it's gone. Instead of going for APC and RE and all those things. But I came to Laboni Secondary School, 20th September 1968 from there. Everybody, everything changed. I went on the path of self-radicalization, which I learned later. Read all sorts of revolutionary books when I was in school. Went to the university with the same type of behavior. Invested where is Karl Marx, and all those philosophy. I was a student of philosophy, so you can imagine disproving the existence of God. We were party to that. But what I saw was I entered Veered towards reading books on atheism and other things. So I became an agnostic and didn't believe in anything. I said myself a free thinker. And I veered towards something I thought was harmless, transcendental meditation. 1976, I was initiated, simple ceremony. I never knew i mortgaged my soul. Transcendental meditation, you sit down, they give you mantra which you don't speak but you recite mentally. I'll describe it for you. Just a little description. Two times and maybe you go off. Those who are advanced, you see them levitate, flying. This is not movie. You see them coming up in a yoga asana posture. I practiced that for 16 years plus. It was called Science of Creative Intelligence. So I never prayed. But one day, 1992, from 76 19, I got ill. I just had a testimony here before. And I was prayed for at Botanical Gardens. The guy said, all spirits of astral traveling and other things, you leave the body. And I fell down, and I was well. Before then, Kolibu has declared me fit all the test, but I was ill. But the name of Jesus, which I refuse to acknowledge, which I refuse to hear, saved me. So this is my story. I have received amazing grace.
1: And I the only
0: room in a uh, uh, upper room in my house because God assigned amazing grace. That is why I pray. I call it the sanctuary. There's a guy here who came to bless the place, and wonderful things happened over there. Today he came because the Lord told me he was coming here. <laughs> my prayer journey. When I was delivered, I went back to the Mount Olivet Methodist Church because I was living in Danseman. Because I attended Methodist schools and Presbyterian schools, but the last one was Methodist school. I started a journey of 15 minutes reading devotionals. That's how my prayer started. I read devotionals and started going to church. I went for a Bible. I read all books. I'm a reader. I used to read. I I continue to read four books a month. Since those days, I still read. And I had all books, but the Bible, no. I read New Age things like Rosicrucian, those books, and so on. Bhagavad Gita, the Hindu scriptures. Not that I wanted to be part of it, but I saw that they were just like self-development. You develop to a stage of cosmic consciousness. That is their prayer, union with God, and that's what path God delivered me from. So I went in, but the radically, what radically altered my prayer life, was when I travelled to the UK in '94, January, to complete my accountancy course, and then I worked with Coopers and Lybrand, now PwC. Something happened which radically changed my life. I picked from a list of churches, the Vineyard Christian Fellowship, John Wimber, the late John Wimber's Vineyard Christian Church, which has got uh, a branch at West London. I didn't know what was in store for me. When I went in, they prayed and started talking about me, what God has got for me. I said, no, no, yesterday I was a bad mama-jama. Don't, it's not me. They invited me, they said they prayed, and invited me to join the prayer team. Over the prayer team prays, pastors don't pray. One-hour service, when you need prayer, you fall out. With the music still playing. I was in five weeks training how to pray. So I remembered that the disciples said in Luke 11, one, they said, Jesus teaches how to pray, as John the Baptist did for his disciples. teach teaches how to pray. So we have to learn to pray. If there's a teacher, there's a learner. So we were taught how to pray. I saw many things happening. saw people being slain in the Spirit, falling under the power of God, shaking, holy laughter. Those are physical manifestations. But that's not the point. When you see them, don't be taken in is the presence of the Holy Spirit that can be counterfeit. Those are physical manifestations. I see it. I see it even over here. teaches how to pray. And this is reinforced by this, Acts 2, 42. He said, when apostles, when they gather, what do they do? The fellowship, there's teaching, they break bread, and they devote themselves to prayer. So the early church is talking about prayer. Why do we deviate from that? We should come back. Those four things is the dominant thing that must happen. It's not, it's got social dimensions, but the church has got to but that is not the point. The point is what is the priority here? Those four things must be the priority. Now, my prayer life was also influenced by a guy I met called Bill Tener, late Bill Tener. He was an itinerant pastor, full of the Holy Spirit, and has written a lot of things. He's an advocate of the early church practices. I learned a lot from him. He told me the type of gifts I have. I didn't know. Vineyard, ordinary people were displaying the gifts of the Spirit. When you say a mega church, a mega church is a church where ordinary people take. What did he say? The kingdom authority. And bring the power down for things to happen. That is a mega church. It's not the idea in the US where about 2,000 people, you know, that's where it started, the mega. But it talks about power. I work with the power utility. Megawatt is power. So you have ordinary people demonstrating the power of the Holy Ghost, the gifts in the church. Just like the vineyard I I saw ordinary people. Pastors don't pray for people. I also read some books which influenced my prayer life. I just want to share the experiences. I read a lot of books, but there's two. Experiencing God Through Prayer by Madame Guyon, talking about silence prayer. Nana was talking about listening prayer. I picked that because I went to a prophetic seminar and that was a recommendation. And I learned, read also Six Secrets of a Powerful Quiet Time by Catherine Martins. Those are things that influence my prayer life. And my prayer life, what is it? Early in the morning, about 4-ish, I'm up. Before some non-Christian sets start calling for prayer, I have to start a prayer with them. Yeah. I can't sleep anymore. When they are praying, I have to wake up and pray. Because my body clock is like that. And when I'm praying, what happens? I have the Bible, which I never had. I have the Melody's hymn book. I have my phone. I have my devotion hours. What happens over there? I go, because I was a meditation guy, I go in silence. Reflecting. Meditative posture before I begin the prayer. And I breathe in the power of the Holy Ghost. The power of the Holy Ghost is here now. Today, there will be healing in the name of Jesus. Yes. Now, what has happened? I started from 15 minutes devotional. What is happening to my prayer life scares me. I wake up, and the Holy Spirit gives me a psalm to go and read for a purpose. It gives me scriptures, so I wake up every day, and I have a prayer journal. I put in all those things. And sometimes what scares me is what they say in the Bible. Go and read. And I have about three devotionals. When I read, they all say the same thing. They say page this page, specific pages every day. That is what is happening to my prayer life now. I don't talk too much there because Eugene was talking about Matthew 6 the other day. He said, don't go and be blabbing like the pagans. Don't talk too much. Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verse 1 says, Go and listen, let your words be few. This is where the Orientals, be the Christian to it. They sit down in silence and throw a whole lot of things into the atmosphere. With the mantras that we recite those days, it throws a lot of things into the atmosphere. That is the spiritual realm. It's not by noise making like Nana was saying not noise making make joyful noise but not nuisance Like this one for instance was joyful noise isn't it amazing grace something was happening to my nerves That's what a meditation take full control of the nervous system the brain Romans was t- talking about renewing your mind with the word of God That's what the meditation guys use the mantra for And the messages come as I'm quiet. I like the Good News Bible when you talk about a prophetic thing. Those guys talk to me about you have a gift of prophecy. And it's a word of message. It doesn't make me a great guy, it makes me somebody who must be careful. (laughs) So I write the messages in my prayer journal. The messages come like to your heart, it's not audible. But what scared me one day, one message, two messages one day. As I sat in my prayer chamber, quiet, telephone numbers came, said, text these people this prayer under inspiration. I don't know them, but I text them next day. By morning, the guys had called. Thank you very much. That's the spot. I am this. I attend this church. I never saw them. It's scary, isn't it? Very scary. You don't know them. The numbers, 10 digits, they came. And I prayed. I spoke to them. So the body of Christ, we must be together. These denominations must not separate us. And what happens when you pray? There are other disciplines that are, you know, joined to prayer, fasting. I started fasting the wrong way, and my doctor saved me. I nearly had trouble, and most people are doing that. I've seen re- relations died because of wrong fasting. There are nine types of fasting there, Daniels and Pauls and other things in uh, Fasting for a Breakthrough, Elmer Towns, anybody who wants to go and read. Widows fasting, disciples, a whole lot, but I do the Daniel, taking vegetables, especially on Sundays. I fast from social media. I fast from anything that would distract me from focusing on God and the presence, being in his presence. You fast from negative emotions. If you have not forgiven anyone, your prayer doesn't go anywhere, isn't it? That's what the Bible says. So you have blocked time for fasting. And all the books I read about, a dozen books on fasting. I'm sharing this with you. And they all come that you shouldn't just fast for more than three days without talking to your doctor because it's dangerous. I've seen people die and I've seen uh, pastors, I've taken some of them to my homeopathic doctor. They develop ulcers and so on. Fasting is not only done by Christians, Orientals and non-Christians, they do it for a purpose, for spiritual and physical benefits. But don't go kill yourself, follow the trend that 21 days, 40 days and so on. You must be led, you must be led. So I join fasting with my prayer. And we have a fellowship fasting. We stay the objective. What's the fasting? Chained fasting. Everybody fast for six hours. Then you hand over on the platform, the Porter's platform in McCarty Hill. And in doing that, those people who are fasting, we say those guys are at the battlefront. So those are first at the rear guard. We pray for them. So when you sign up the next day, people pray. And you must set aside 10 minutes of every one hour and pray. Every six hours. So in the end, I'm talking about prayer. Everybody prays. And everybody has been prayed for. That is the power of prayer. And things begin to happen. And as we go along, prayer can energize the gift of the Spirit. We have nine gifts. All of you have got it. The other time we spoke on faith, we say everybody has got a measure of faith. That is Romans twelve 3, isn't it? But you have to cooperate with the Holy Spirit to develop your faith, for which you have to use to extinguish those flaming arrows in efficiency, isn't it? You use it. Nine gifts, gifts of revelation, word of wisdom, word of knowledge, descending the spirits, gifts of power, gifts of faith, working miracles, gifts of healing, and inspiration, prophecy, tongues, and then interpretation. One thing also happened to me when I was overpowered by the Holy Spirit in my room in England. And I said, Holy Spirit. I said, good morning, Holy Spirit, in his book. And the book went off. And my bed shook with me. The next time, I saw two hands in a vision coming with a very dirty vessel. Dirty, like something recovered from the Koli Lagoon. Cleansed, showed it to me, and disappeared. The third one was a praying center, Cooper's Praying Center. I knelt down praying, and I started speaking in another language. But one day, we have a cell meeting, and I think they asked me to pray, and it came on. I didn't know what it was, and somebody interpreted. I said, really? Speaking in tongues? Yes. I must draw attention to speaking in tongues. You pray. The tongue speaking without interpretation is the least of the gifts in the Bible. I have read about 20 books on the gifts and ministries of the Holy Spirit. That's the list." Unless it's interpreted, what does it do? It builds you. It doesn't build anyone. And the Bible is saying this about that: Don't forbid anybody from speaking in tongues, 14:39, First 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Prophecy is greater than speaking in tongues. Simple prophecy. The church needs prophetic ministry. It's not prophetic ministry to say that, oh, uh, this guy is a witch. Or, no, 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 no. Just to tell you, foretell you what's going to happen, what you need to do. Revelations that come and gives you the kingdom authority. And I can tell you that, look, we have a lot of power that we don't use. Because the spiritual gifts are latent in all of you, most people. I just told somebody that, do you know you have a word of knowledge? He said, Really? That was the person's uh, 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 reaction. Most people don't know their gifts. They don't use it. It's underutilized. That is one. And the other people who have the gifts have corrupted it. And they are misutilizing them and cheating people, exploiting people with them. These gifts are free. Freely you receive, freely you give. In the name of Jesus. Anybody here who is under any oppression, I decree and declare. I decree and declare healing. In Jesus' mighty name, there will be a testimony. Hallelujah. Yes, and I must warn, there is a mantra. I used mantra for 16 years, and I have seen people use mantra in the Christian circles. Any word, a word, a sound that you repeat and can repeat another time is a mantra. Because speaking in tongues, it said it's a mystery, and you can't remember a mystery. You can't. You speak. And in the video, I saw the people, they speak mute. You don't even know people are speaking. That's what the Bible says. It said be quiet when it's not being interpreted. The other time, a speaker was saying that you should not be making noise because it builds you. It's a very powerful thing. It builds you, but it builds you. But when it's interpreted, it builds the church. And Paul is saying excel excelling gifts that build the church. So, any church that prays, people should not go and try to learn how to speak in tongues. Said it's distributed by the Holy Spirit. If you are given that, I was given, I use it in my prayer closet. When I come to church, as you pray, I speak in tongues as well. But you never see me. You see the mouth like a fish from water, isn't it? That's what I saw in the vineyard. People praying in tongues. I didn't hear any noise. I'm not scared. Condemning anyone who makes noise, because Paul says in that Corinthians fourteen that he is speaking to the air. It's not me who's saying this it, over there. You know, so we must speak and use our prayer life, prayer uh, uh, gifts, and I pray here that we must also activate the fivefold ministries. The fivefold ministries are. Apostles, pastors, prophets, evangelists, and teachers in Ephesians. And these are privileged positions to equip and to build the body of Christ. It's not for anyone to glorify himself or herself that, yes, I am this, I am that. And it's not for money. It's not for money. You must use it if you are called to a ministry. It's a big, big challenge. You must be humble, and you must be dedicated to that cause. Now I use prayer in the workplace, secular area. Do you have prayer in the secular area? Yes. I have some two brothers. We went to Francisca Friars some years ago. One of them is here. We had an experience. When we got to the church in the evening, everybody was sitting on the stool. For about 20 minutes, nobody was speaking to anyone. In the church, quality time, quiet time. I was a, a, a previous meditation guy. So I understand, we, these two people are Catholics. But what we saw there, everybody was sitting down, mom, like an Egyptian mummy. Nobody was speaking to anyone. Quality time. When you come to the church, please, I'm not saying don't network. Before the church, sit down. Sometimes there will be healing because the Holy Spirit is already present here. And you have already prepared your mind through your quiet time to come and meet Jesus here. Because of that mind, when you come in, it's in sync. And you Whatever you have even asked before you come. He said, I have answered, isn't it? Yes, that is how they prepared. That day we were all shocked. I mean, if you're not used to meditation, you'll just be fidgeting, you know. You just will want to walk out. Because by 20 minutes before the mass began, we were sitting like that. But I was enjoying it because, yeah, that was the time I was praying in tongues. Quietly. Even was saying, pray throughout, isn't it? Yeah. You say pray throughout the day. People pray and they have particular times. Yes, why don't you pray? Anytime you want to pray. Because Psalm 55, verse 17, evening, morning, noon, I cry out and put my distress before the Lord. It's all part of the day. Evening, yeah, some people say I want to wake up at 12. Oh, well, it's good. I will I'll sleep between 10 and 4. 4 o'clock, whether I like it or not, I'll come up. So pray throughout. And when you pray in tongues, yeah, silently you'll be praying. And I don't do anything without praying. Now let me close by looking at one area that we don't use prayer, Our work. We think it's anti-intellectual to use prayer and faith. No. I was in the corporate world. I used prayer for every presentation I did to the board. Every presentation I did. Anywhere. International. Or I use it. I use it to do my report. To do my work. Before meetings, we pray. It's not a secular. It's not a mundane thing. God is interested in that. We have used prayer. To fight boardroom battles. (laughs) When the authority over you come against you. I know there's a a case study where people came against the CEO. And we went to Baccarter Hill. Two of us. We went to pray to support the CEO. Some people the CEO had even, 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 even encouraged and helped. They wanted to overthrow him. So we went in. The Lord gave word to me and the guy. All right. That he's just finished it. And it, did. it what happened? That guy was fired by the board. <laughs> and another board guy resigned. There was a mighty hand of God's intervention. It came. So you can use that in everything. Whether you're a doctor, and I pray for any doctor here to have that gift of discernment. Where you can do the diagnosis without even the test. And the test will confirm your diagnosis in the name of Jesus. And the prescriptions and other things will get on right in Jesus' name. I've seen people getting prescience. Prescience is a pre and then science. CEOs of a bank, a CEO of a bank told me that now what is happening is just scary for her. He said some guys owed them. And I said, oh, let's join. Let's pray for those guys who owe this guy who should pay you. And the payment just came. But before the payment came, they revealed this thing to the CEO in a dream. When you came and the guys in the death recovery session said, this is what I said, yeah, yesterday I was told by the Lord. That is precious, divine illumination in your position in the name of Jesus. And the banking crisis, which came last two, three years, praying with the CEO of a bank, a top bank, I told her, there is going to be a recession. He said, wow, the figures are good. I said, well, I trained background economics and accounts, but this is divine revelation. And it came that she had gone in to do contingency planning. That is what you can get. It's free. This resource is free from the Lord. Divine wisdom for your job, for your work, for your family, for whatever decision you want to take. Don't take the decision before the Lord. So in conclusion, just be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. You can take these things, power of prayer, against the rulers, authorities, and then that wicked forces in the realm. It's the power of prayer. And if one is attacked, put up a united front and pray to support the person. Those forces cannot rule the world. They cannot rule the world. They are in politics, they are in church, they are everywhere. Forces of oppression can be demolished by the power of prayer. The force of prayer. Now, let me just tell you the power of prayer, which a secular person talked about. And that person is Edgar Hoover, who was the FBI FBI director several years ago. Those who are as old as I am. Seventies, we heard about him. And I conclude this. He said, the spectacle of a nation praying. It's more awe-inspiring than the explosion of an atomic bomb. The force of prayer is greater than any possible combination of man-made or man-controlled powers because prayer is man's means of tapping the greatest infinite resources of God. Invoking by prayer the mercy and might of God is our most effective means of guaranteeing peace and security for the harassed and helpless people on the earth." Unquote. This is coming from an FBI director who doesn't dread the FBI, but he's talking about prayer. So I say the prayer of power of prayer is real. I have tasted it. I still taste it. Can we stand? We hope this sermon blessed you. If it did, will you consider sharing it with a friend? And if you're in Accra looking for a spirit-filled community to worship with, why don't you join us at Mikado Plaza, the Bonnie Junction, Accra, on Sundays from 9 to 10.30 a.m. You can also follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Accra Church and visit our website, accrachurch.org, for more sermons. God bless you.